Greetings and welcome to Reset and Reorder. I'm Tami Musahana and I'm with my husband, Masindi Musahana. We are from Gate Ministries East London. At this point, I'd like to welcome our Gate Ministries East London family. It's always a pleasure and a delight to know that you are tuning in to listen, to watch, and to fellowship with us over the word of the Lord. Yes, and I would like to extend a word of welcome also to those who are outside of Gate Ministries East London, but relate to us, uh, family, and many others who listen to the word through this platform and support us. I am grateful and trust that um, these messages are helping you see the word of God, the principles that are in the word of God from a more accurate vantage point, even as we reset to come into a place where we see God the way He wants us to see Him and know Him. Wow, and at that point, let me recap now the last two sessions that we did, where we introduced church yeah. as a family of God, uh, where we need to reset our mind from knowing church as an institution into knowing church now as a family of God, which is His original intent. Uh, for us to see church that way. We are the family of God. Even Jesus in the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 50, he said, For whoever does the will of the Father, of my Father in heaven, he is my brother, my sister, and mother. So we suggest that we are a family. We've been redeemed, you know, been, uh, Jesus came that you may be restored back into the original position, whereby now we are no longer orphans. Mm. You know, but we are sons in the kingdom of God, yes. in his family. Mm. That is one, that is but one of the highlights that we, we, we spoke of in the last two sessions. Another one was, we looked at how we position ourselves, how we ought to position ourselves, uh, making reference to the early church in the book of Acts, how, you know, how they operated where they used to, one of the, amongst other things they did was to the breaking of bread from, from house, house to house. house. Mm. Mm. So we looked at that as well. And lastly, one key thing that we ended with is the fact that the family, this family of God is governed by a principle mm. of deputization. Yes. Whereby God leads us or, or speaks to us through those he has elected to lead us. Yes, thank you very much. And what we're going to do in the next um, session or two is to build on those uh, principles so that even as we transition to seeing church as a family, we also understand the principles that God has put in place through which this family is to function. And as my wife said um, just now that one of those key principles is how God deputizes, how he leads his people through others. He led the Israelites in the wilderness through Moses. And we know that from time to time he would speak through the prophets. You know, I think in Hebrews 1 it actually says, in time past God spoke to our fathers, you know, through the prophets. So it's God who spoke, you know. Uh, speaking to their fathers, but he used the medium of prophets to speak to them. 
And then I, when it continues, I believe it says, But now in the last days, he has spoken to us through his son. Uh, we will expound on that later on. But right now, I just want us to understand that uh, when it says he has spoken to us through his son, is that he has spoken to us through Christ Jesus. And uh, in this session, I want us to look at um, a spirit that um, comes with this understanding of how God leads. And for us to understand that spirit, we need to understand that God is our father. God has been our father in the Old Testament. And there are scriptures that we look at to you know, affirm that, that fact, that truth. But um, it's, um, it's in the New Testament where we find that Jesus introduces us to God as a father. When the disciples asks, he ask him to teach them how to pray, this is what he teaches them. He says, in this manner, therefore, you shall pray. And the first thing he mentions there is our father. You know? So we have to pray, we have to communicate, we have to speak to God as our father. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Already there, you see that uh, as a father, the father has a will. The father has um, his purposes that must unfold on the earth, you know. And those who see God as a father, I'm jumping the gun, but those who see God as, as, as a father are his children, you know. And the desire of the children, or as uh, in, in most of the New Testament you'd see, um, how we are referred to as sons, their desire should be to see the purpose of the Father uh, unfolding on the earth. Now, if you look at that word Father, one of the things that are encapsulated in that word, in Greek, this is the word parte, you know, and that's where the English derive uh, the family of words like paternal, paternity, you know, and we know that from those words, in fact, when you look at paternity, when we want to know um, the ancestry or which uh, family does the, a son, a child belong to, we always do a paternity test with the father, you know, to see as to whose DNA does a child carry, you know. And when we look at God as our Father, it means that our greatest desire and our greatest focus, as the Bible tells us, that Christ came to redeem us. And that in our redemption as we grow, we are growing into the fullness of the stature of who Christ is all. We are growing into the likeness of Christ. And we know that Christ is the only begotten Son of the Father. So which means... In this family of God, the DNA we must carry is the DNA of God. So at the end of the day, when the people look at the church, I'm not going to say people from the church, I'm going to say when people, when the people outside look at the church, when they look at us, they should be able to see the Father. They should be able to see Father God. And therefore, you begin to understand that the purpose of our salvation 
It's not just to be saved from our sins so that we could go to heaven. But one of the things that Jesus did when he died on the cross is that we were orphans. We were, as, as the Bible would say, we were foreigners. We were far from God and his purposes, you know. But when Jesus died on the cross, he opened up the way. He made a way for those who were far from God to return and be restored into the fold, into the household of God. We spoke about the household in the previous sessions. Uh, we need to be restored into that household, into that family. And not only be restored and, and you know, come with our mindsets. I know sometimes people tell us to come as we are. Yes, but when we come into the house of God, we need to then allow ourselves to begin to function in the way, in the principles that God had set for his house to function. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. So it's God's desire for us to for us to know first of all that he is our father and we are his children yeah. uh, what you're saying now reminds me of you know as part of what we shared in the last session that at church you know mm. this family of god is actually where we get to learn and understand mm. god as a father yes you know that that understanding we will we, 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 we gather it there we mm. learn it there minute we, we, we understand the church as the family of God, mm. then we know we will know that God is our Father. Now, thank you for that. Because where we need to go is, we need to remember that God is spirit. You know? And uh, remember that, um, is, uh, what you call, principle of deputization. You know? God doesn't come himself to us, but he comes through others. In fact, when you read the book of Malachi, the last book of uh, the Old Testament, you know, in chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, it says, Behold, I will, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And what will this prophet Elijah do? And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, other Bibles say, to the sons, and the hearts of the sons to the fathers, you know. Uh, lest I come and strike the land with a curse. So it's as if God already in this, um, um, uh, what you call, script, uh, scripture in this, in this part of the Bible, is telling us that there's something, something that has become uh, dysfunctional, you know, uh, that the sons have forgotten who the father is, you know. But the sons cannot come to a place where they know who the father is unless the, the, the fathers, the spirit of the father comes to a place where it helps the sons, you know, um, to turn back to God. Let me explain it this way. That in order for the church, I know we said the last time that um, these things of spiritual father and spiritual son it's things that we know, but it's things we don't like to talk about because of how they were taught or how they were exercised and practiced in, 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 in the church that we know. But there is a spirit 
that comes upon men that God through which God uses to shepherd his people let's look at Joseph for example as a type of Christ we know that when God wanted to preserve his people from a famine he gives a dream to Pharaoh but it is Joseph who interprets that dream and then Joseph uh, Pharaoh says um, to Joseph that look we cannot find another man in whom the Spirit of God is you know so you must actually um, be over us I would like to read it quickly uh, this is Genesis 41 and I'm going to read um, from verse 37 it says so the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh that is what 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 um, Joseph advised him in terms of what needs to happen and then in verse 38 it says and Pharaoh said to his servants can we find such a one as this a man in whom is the Spirit of God you know so one of the things that Pharaoh saw in how Joseph interpreted his dream was that there in that man is a spirit you know that we do not have and that is the spirit of God then Pharaoh said to Joseph inasmuch as God has shown you all this there is no one as descending and as wise as you you shall be over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Now, I want us to look at how Joseph interprets that, which, 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 which I'm, I, I'm, I hope you'll find interesting. Now, we know that um, Joseph was sold by his brothers. And, um, well, he ends up in Egypt. And we also know that Joseph was a had so many dreams in his life, you know, that foretold of who he would become. You know? And at this point, we know Joseph as this great economist who was able to save many people in the world at that time through his discernment, you know, through a spirit that was over him that helped him interpret a dream and also plan and put plans together in order to make sure that there's preservation of food so that during the years of famine people can still have something to eat and we know that um, they were able through what Joseph put in place to supply even other parts of the world with food listen to how Joseph sees himself you know when he uh, meets his brothers let's go to Genesis 45 verses 7 to 9 he says to them and God sent me before you to do what? To preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Look at how he interprets his purpose. He says, so now it was not you who sent me here, you know, but God and he has made me a father to Pharaoh. No. So in order for God to shepherd 
or for God to make provision to preserve the world at that time, you know, in history. He gives a man like Pharaoh a dream, you know. But in order for that dream to be executed uh, in how God wanted it to be, what God does is that he brings a Joseph, you know, through whom he, a spirit of God, the spirit of fathering, would be upon him, you know, so that um, uh, 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 that mandate or that dream of Pharaoh may be well executed on the earth and that people may be preserved. And we know that among others, he had Joseph and his family, not, not Joseph, Jacob, and his posterity in mind to preserve them. You know. So this should tell us that the spirit of God, the spirit of fathering, is the spirit that should rule in the earth today. It is a spirit that is needed, not only in church, but even in the corporate environment. This, this is a nurturing spirit. This is a spirit that cares for others. And later on, we'll see how, remember when we spoke of judgment, uh, one of the things God judged was how the shepherds were loading it over the people, were not taking care of the people. And he said, I will judge them for that. Because when this spirit is upon the church, when it's upon the house of God, the family of God, then in that environment there should be healing, there should be restoration, there should be help, you know, and many other things. And therefore, we should, uh, I think this speaks mainly to leaders, but we should all listen to it because it, it, it's going to speak to both of us, those who are leaders and those who are being led. And in many instances, there's that, um, um, what you call, um, dichotomy in each and every one of us, you know. Uh, God may place people uh, for us to shepherd, but at all times we must also be shepherded, you know. So in as much as we are sons of the Father, but the Spirit of the Father resides in us that we may display that Spirit to others and help them come into their sonship. So there's that, um, what you call, movement in God. There are those two things that should always function in us as a family of God, you know. And as we look at this Father, I want us to know that this is a Father who will not lord it over people. This is a father who's able to remember this person is a deputy. It's God's deputy. We've spoken about that. Please go to the last two sessions if you need to understand um, what I'm referring to. Yes. So this person can actually work from a background, you know, where it's not, you know, church right now that has, um, and I say this with, with humility, I say this without um, any malice or disrespect, but for instance, <clears throat> We have glorified the pastor and have glorified the worship team, you know. We've, we've actually put them on a pedestal higher than other people. And so it's people who usually gravitate towards um, those, especially the, the pastor or the shepherd, you know. Instead of the shepherd being one who comes to the people and, um, and, 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 and what you call, and lay his life down that they may come into their sonship. And we see how Joseph, for example, the father of Jesus, uh, plays a very pivotal role in the life of Jesus and his growing up. You know. 
But then we find that as Jesus grows, um, Joseph uh, slowly drifts into the background. You know? He was not an absent father. He was there. But he knew that I'm raising this one up, not just as my son, but as the son of God. And therefore, that's who he should um, grow up to become, rather than me stifling and limiting him as my, only, as my son. And you see, for example, in Matthew 2, verse 13, how God would use um, Joseph, you know. Uh, remember when Herod wanted to kill Jesus. Uh, the Bible tells us that when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. You know, same as um, when Herod was dead, Jesus, uh, God again speaks to Joseph to say, Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought your, the, the young child's life are dead. You know? um, so, um, what we are saying at this point is that this fathering, as you would, as you would see, I want to go back time to what God would judge, you know that this fathering is not a fathering that lords it over people. You know, hey, I'm your father in the Lord, and you must do this for me, and you must do that for me. But Joseph was there to make sure that that which God had called Jesus to fulfill on the earth was fulfilled to a point of protecting him and helping him be preserved until such time that um, he would be ushered into his ministry. So um, the heart of the father, in mm. this example of Joseph, mm. was more about the son. Yeah. You know, the world, not just only the well-being of the son, mm. also the purpose of God being fulfilled through that son. Exactly. And it might not be him necessarily, Joseph mm. himself, but by divine wisdom, he knew that the mm. son is carrying what the bigger mandate and the purpose of God. Mm. Now it was his responsibility to protect him, to nurture him, to make sure. So I love the fact that Joseph was not about him. It was not about him himself as a Joseph. Whereby like I'm older than you, or I'm I came first. You know those mm. those dynamics. Sure. So I, I like that part of Joseph. The mm. the posture of Joseph. The mm. that of, of uh, looking of looking after the well-being of the son. For the divine purposes of God. Mm. Now, um, to further understand the spirit of fathering, you know, that must come upon every shepherd of God, everyone whom God has called to lead his family, his flock, to understand the spirit, let's go back to the things we spoke about that God judges, you know, um, when he judges his people. We know, for example, in Ezekiel 34, verses 1 to 5, he judged those who were shepherds over his people. Let's read quickly why he judged them. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord of God to the shepherds, Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. You know, 
So these shepherds, unlike, unlike Joseph, they were about themselves. As, as we continue, should not the shepherds feed the flock? So when the spirit of father, or the, when the spirit of fathering comes upon a people, comes upon the one whom God is, 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 is fathering his people through, or is leading his people through, then the flock, those that are in his care should be fed, you know. And this is not just giving them the word, but it's laying your life down, and, as Jesus would say, yes. And also demonstrating love. Mm -hmm. You remember that question that Jesus said to Simon Peter, mm. do you love me? And, he asked and if him you love me? It asked him three times, if mm. you love me, feed my sheep. Mm -hmm. you know? So it's that sacrificial, exactly. about, and also it's a demonstration of love. You if you love the father, then you would feed the sheep. And in that environment of uh, the spirit of father, a number of things happened. For instance, when he judged the, the shepherds, he said, you eat the fat and clothe yourself with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened. You know? So there are people who... Uh, God places under our care, mm. and they are in one way or the other weak. You know, we know how sometimes people can be weak in their mindsets, in their thinking. You know, and weak in their economy as well. Exactly. There are those who are weak in their economic setup. Mm. There are those who, you know, who are, who are strong. Mm. We we tend to uh, sometimes as leaders gravitate towards or care more of those who are economically strong. You know, because of that benefit, mm. you know, yeah. there's that mm. benefit because this one who's weak economically, you won't, you won't necessarily benefit from that. So those are the things that, mm. uh, you know, when they refer to weakness, it's not only weakness physically, mm. not being weak in even. In every way. So mm. the shepherd who is the spirit of a father would strengthen those, would find ways of strengthening those, you know. And he would find a way of healing those who are sick. And not only sick physically, but also sick in their spirits, you know, um, have infirmities in one way or the other. You know, those are people that, where, where there's a spirit of the Father, those people find themselves being healed of that. There's a pastor, for example, in, um, in, in Durban, just a quick example. He, he relates a story of a young man who had a drug problem, you know. And uh, he took this young man in and he said to him, look, I know you have challenges, but now that you have made a commitment to walk with the Lord, I want you to come every day, just sit there, listen to the word, you know. And through, because he has a fathering spirit, that young man was uh, delivered actually from drugs just by coming to church mm -hmm. and sitting under the teaching of that man mm. in the present, in the environment where there's a fathering spirit, you know. Uh, they were also judged for not binding those who are broken, mm. you know. And we know this in, in life, there are many things that hurt and break people up, mm. you know. Uh, nor brought back what was driven away, you know. People who, um, one moment we find them in church and the next moment they are lost, you know. And sometimes it's easy to just move with those who are moving. 
But we should be like Jesus. We should go. We'll go to that next. Luke chapter four. Mm. Mm. Where he's able to, not that one, but where he's able to. Um, Jesus was able. We spoke about coming to seek and save that which was lost. All the hundred Yes, mm. and he makes an example of um, how a shepherd would leave the ninety-nine and go after that one. The one, mm. you know. Mm. That is a shepherd with a spirit of a father. You know. And I know, I'm one of those who would say, ah, uh, my church is still full. <laughs> my church is still full. No, that, that one, ah, no, no. But when there's the, 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 when there's the spirit of father in the house, mm-hmm. we care even for those who may seem insignificant in the family. You know, you seek that which was lost. We spoke about Jesus just now. But this is what they've done. But with force and cruelty, you have ruled them. So you have not been a father to them. You have been, you have been a slave driver. You know, you have wanted your own. As it said earlier, you eat the fat and clothe yourself. You know, so you you ruled over these people for your own benefit, not to bring them to a place where they are fathered and come to know God as their father. If you look at that scripture, it's the same as the one you were speaking about. Yeah, because that one look of for. those you did not um, mend the broken, mm. those were broken hearted. Mm. Yeah, those were broken. That reminded of the reason why Jesus you know, came, mm. you know. So, yeah, exactly. Mm. And Jesus says about himself that he's a good shepherd. Mm. So in Luke 4, 17 and 19, it reads as follows. This is what Jesus said. That he had, um, when he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah to read, you know. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, you know, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. And these are not just, I know he healed a number of blind people, but this is not just physical physical blindness, but also those who couldn't understand or see or perceive the things, you know. For instance, he would say to Nicodemus, unless you are born again, you cannot see, you cannot perceive the things of the Spirit. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, recently, and we were speaking about how when Jesus says to Nicodemus, but Nicodemus, if you don't understand earthly things, how will you understand when I speak out to you about heavenly things? You know, so Nicodemus' sight in terms of the things of God was not as sharp, you know, but Jesus was able to help him recover his sight first by helping him understand the earthly things, you know, and and, and later on for him to perceive the heavenly things, you know. Um, so this is a, these are powerful scriptures about the spirit of a father. I think as we close, I want to look at um, Luke 11 and what Jesus says there, you know, <coughs> about um, natural fathers. You know, we know in um, Luke 11, he, he, he teaches about how we should ask. Yeah, and mm. be persistent in asking. In verses 11 to 13, he says, If a son 
asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? No. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? You know. Then listen to what he says. He says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now what I want us to see as we close is that Jesus says something about fathers, you know, about the spirit of fathering. You know. He says, evil as you are, but as fathers, you know how to give good things. You know. And here, I want us to see beyond the commodities, for instance, the bread, provision of, of something to eat, you know, the, 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 the fish, the egg that he speaks of. But what I want us to see today is that where the spirit of a father is, there is generosity, there is a desire to give, you know? And not just to give, but to give so that people may grow and know who they are in the Lord. So as we shift or reset and, and, and come to a place where we see the family of God, the, uh, the church as a family of God, we must understand that there's a spirit that operates in the family of God. You know, that spirit rests upon those whom God chooses to lead his people. You know, so God deputizes, puts that spirit on people. And when we allow that spirit to challenge or change the way we lead his people, then the spirit of God will set people free in the church. You know, and people will come to a place where they know themselves as the sons of God the Father. So where they become free, secured, Mm. Feel love, no need for strife, for competition, mm. exactly. no need for all those, um, no jealousy, mm. measuring ourselves against others, no need of that. Those things will be restored because everyone will be secure in their identity mm. through the spirit of Father that came to them. Then they will arise also in Lord and mm. sons and be secured in the house of the Lord. Um, I remember when we were studying about the judgment of the Lord how um, I felt the Spirit of God challenging me personally to change the way I father my children and the way I father those um, whom he has placed under our care, you know, his people that he has you know, called us to lead or to shepherd. And I believe that even as we take up that challenge that um, God has called us to, we will see many rise, arise to take up their rightful place as sons of God, not only in the church, but also in the earth. And take their rightful place in understanding and desiring to see the will, okay. not the will of the, the, the what you call, the, I, I hope I'm using the, 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 the right word, um, it's a surrogate, the right word, I don't think it is. Um, but the representative father that I am, you know, they will not be about my will, but they will be about the will of the father, you know, whose spirit has been expressed through me and perhaps through you if you are a leader um, called 
in, in, to shepherd his family on the earth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for challenging us, Lord. Um, not only to see ourselves, our Father, as high and mighty, high and lofty, called to a place of self-importance as leaders. But Father, begin to transform us as we see your church, O oh God, as um, a family. Begin to see how through us, O oh Father, as we lay our lives down, you want your people to experience the love and the care of your Father. That love, O oh God, that is able to bind up wounds, that is able to bring healing into the lives of people, that is able to restore people our Father, and that is able to cause people to arise, O oh God, and take their rightful place. And as they rapidly grow in Christ-likeness, O oh God, in the fullness of the stature of who they are. We bless you, Lord, and we bless even the churches in the city, O oh God. We pray for a transformation. We pray, Father, that um, the way that you had called us, O oh God, to exist in your house may gradually become the way that church normalizes into, Father. We bless you and we thank you for all these things, trusting you, Father, that even as we yield to your ways, your spirit will help us, O oh God, to become that which you desire for us to have, to become. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Well, we thank you for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate you. We love you. Gate East London family. We look forward to having some form of contact with, um, with you. Uh, even as the what you call the levels are reduced. Uh, church may still be closed, but we love you, we appreciate you, and we look forward to growing with you as a family, you know, as the family that God has called among many families on the earth. Until next time, thank you for tuning in.